the Cult Worthy Podcast. Join me, Antonio Palacios, each week as I guide you through a never-ending sea of obscure cinema and cult-worthy gems that deserve a rediscovery. Find me on all listening platforms and at thecultworthy.com. The Cult Worthy Podcast. Join us. Attention. The MILF and Me Podcast contains strong language and open conversations about sexuality, a multitude of lifestyles, and occasional criticism of political fuckery. Keep politics out of your pants, folks. Your hosts, Antonio and Diana, are not certified relationship therapists. We are cynical assholes with microphones, pretty much like every other podcast. And so with that out of the way, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the MILF and Me podcast. I'm your host, Antonio, along with my lovely co-host, Diana. How are you doing this week? I'm doing good. I'm a little hungover this morning. I know. I love it. It means that you are living life and not just hiding in your bedroom with a bottle of wine and Instagram. You're getting out there. How did you know that's what I do on my free time? uh, Did you forget we have a podcast and talk about this shit every week? (laughs) Yeah, I got out of the house last night. Well, good. And you know what? We talked about kinks and fetishes last week. Yes, we did. And people like it when we go spicy. Mm -hmm. So we're going spicy again this week. I feel like we're getting spicier and spicier. It's good. We need it. We need to go in waves of like emotions and then spice. Is spicier a word? It is now. Or am I supposed to say more spicy? (laughs) Most spicy. (laughs) Got you. And we've got a very special guest today to help us with the spice, our friend Stephanie, who is going to, I mean, she's saying that she's not a guru about today's subject, but she knows a lot more about this than you and I do. (laughs) Yes, she does. So we're having her on. Stephanie, welcome to the show. That's a lot of pressure, you guys. I don't know if I'm going to call this spicy Steph. (laughs) Well, I decided that this would be a good episode to have you on because in just one of the late night conversations we had when groups of people are around... You just started talking about, oh, yes, we had a sex toy giveaway party and a white elephant sex toy gift giving session. I'm like, okay, so you know a lot more about this than I do. I mean, yes. Have I tried every single one of those? I'm a little bit frustrated because with that party that I threw, I wanted everybody to uh, like post the gift that they got and like do a review and nobody did. I know. Wouldn't that have been really informational? Yeah. There was a lot of different variety there. but Well, when this comes out, you can share it with your friends and say, hey, I'm holding y'all accountable. I put you on blast on this podcast so you can start getting those reviews out. We've had people send pictures of like dildos and stuff they bought at sex shops. Well, being in the sex shop, it was awesome. Yeah, like while they were in the sex shop. I challenged our guests to go to a sex shop and just like, you know. Just mingle around a little bit and touch things and think, yeah. see if there's anything they like. And I had pictures sent to me of them in the store. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It made me giggle and made me so happy and proud. But I will say this, you know, from personal experience, going to the sex stores, you're going to pay double the price. So <gasps> so like Amazon? If you if you go to the, the store, you find something that works for you, go and check it on Amazon because chances are you're going to get it. It's like the same thing when I like I buy a mattress. I'll go to the mattress <laughs> shop and like sit on it and whatever. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'll think about it. And then I'll go buy it on Amazon. So apparently 
And I know I do say support local, but also, you know what? We're in an inflation right now. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we are in a recession. I don't I want to support the Bezos, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. You got to do. Okay. The machine feeds you. So sometimes you have to feed the machine. That's just yep. how it works. Yeah. Devices are pricey, right? We, you got to just know what you're buying because here's the thing. You can't test drive a lot of these things, right? It's not like you can go like test drive a Tesla or a Nissan and then go decide you want to buy it. Was that why they were looking at me weird in the store? Yeah, they're like, hey, why'd you take it out of the box? And put- I'm like, I'm just trying to test this out before I buy it. Like, what, why are you staring at me? They're like, well, at least you only put it in your mouth and not down your pants, you know, so. I'm like, yeah, this is about the right size. So here's, here's the thing. What, in your opinion, is the appropriate amount to spend for a quality sex toy. Honestly, I um I value a good sexual experience so much that um I will not go cheap. Let's just say that. I mean, and you know, some people anatomically that's like very like they're just like, you know, this was a $10 vibrator and it works great and if that's their jam 100% for me, it takes a little bit more like power and so I have to go go expensive and uh go big or go home go big or go home and I think that sexual health and sexual wellness is a wellness subject just like everything else if you're going to invest in you know um like a gym membership or you know whole foods and like it's the whole package yeah it's not just like what most people think like oh you're just being saucy and naughty and you just want something to like make yourself get off when your man's not there or you don't have a man. I feel like a lot of times sex toys and sex devices are looked on with a stigma that you are too lazy to go find an actual human. I've always considered them like an accoutrement to the experience. Yeah. Or, and we'll get into this in the episode, especially with with women, you know what? Sometimes you just don't want a dude touching you and you want to take care of business yourself. Yeah, make him watch. Make him watch <laughs> online after he's paid. After <laughs> hashtag, he's hashtag OnlyFans. After he's subscribed. <laughs> I want to talk really fast about sex toy etiquette because uh, Diane and I have talked about this before. Do you agree that a woman's devices are her own to do with what she pleases with? But couples' toys. Let's say that if you're in a relationship with a man and you buy a toy together, and that relationship ends. Usage of that toy in future relationships or encounters is null and void, in my opinion. Would you agree? Like, as in... (laughs) Diana's got her own toy, right? And she uses it together with us, but it's her own toy. But she and I buy a toy together if we're a couple, and when that relationship ends, I'm not holding on to that toy to use on, let's say, you if you are my next encounter, correct? I mean, here's the thing. I think in most cases, it follows the woman because it's the woman's toy. Like, unless it's... Like, you know, I mean, obviously men enjoy butt plugs and just like everything else, you know, that's, that's different. But like, if you touch it, it's. <laughs> if you lick it, it's yours. It's yours. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's controversial. Maybe people are like, no, it needs to. I do have a friend um, who has a boyfriend who a previous girlfriend was a sex toy party woman and um she literally came over there and it was like a treasure chest like he opens it up and it's like all of this stuff that was my question that's why i asked her one time i was like okay well i'm sure you've had gentlemen over to your house and you've busted your toy out and used it in whatever way you wanted to but if you were going to a dude's house and he pulled out like this 
cardboard box full of assorted vibrators, butt plugs, and dildos, you'd be like, I don't know where those have been. I'm not going to play with those. She's all about it. She trusts that he sanitized it. And she was like, yeah, teach me all the things. Because she's learned so much. Like, it's been like a very educational experience for her. Wow. That's interesting. I'm learning a lot right now. Yeah, me too. I would burn that shit. I've also dated a lot of women who've never changed the oil in their car. So the idea that, hey, maybe this is not the most sanitary box of toys under (laughs) your bed, I I kind of just go to that logical reason. But at the same time, if I have a real emotional connection with a person and we are talking with someone who knows what they're doing, maybe I'm being a little bit too stuffy, stuffy about this. I mean, here's here's the thing. And, you know, like like, let's get real graphic the parts that they're sticking inside you and vice versa have also touched other people's parts. And you can take showers and all of those things, but we all know that they get around for the most part, right? So a sex toy, <laughs> it's kind of like you can rinse it. Most of them you can sanitize and rinse off. It's kind of the same concept, it's right? Kinda, yeah, I mean, she does have a point. And this whole time I thought, I mean, my toys don't touch other men. They're my toys. They're mine. Oh, interesting. But if... They did touch other men and we broke up. I would get rid of the toy. Okay. I would start over from fresh, but she has a point. But this is also where you and I are a lot more alike and she's very practical and scientific about it. You and I are like kind of emotional. For me, it'd be like, I can't keep this toy because the ghost of girlfriends pressed. You'd have PTSD. Somehow there's like an emotional, spiritual connection to whatever this is. And that's not the toy's fault. That's my fault. That's me projecting onto an object that is now projecting into whatever encounter I'm about to have. That's just my my brain. I think that's fine. Because <laughs> for me, you know what? It's worth buying another $80 toy. It's a trigger for you. When you it see the toy, trigger. you're like, oh, shit, that's Stacy and I use that yeah, together. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, this is really interesting, too, because for me, I'm like, these are my toys. Welcome to Stephanie's world. Ooh. I know what gets me off. So it has nothing to do with them. This is like part of the package, right? And right. I know what is going to 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 push my buttons. So I think I'm more just like it's my toy. Like that we don't have joint toys. They're my toys. Like yeah, <laughs> get your fucking hands off my, my toys. toys. Exactly. exactly. I like it. I know. I know what I like I'm doing it. with mine. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Get your hands off it, right? Exactly. Like, get your scummy, nasty hands off my toys. That's how I would be too. And that's not to say like I'm in a committed relationship right now, and we have some toys that we play with, you know, as a couple. And of course, I don't think he's gonna like recycle those out. But vibrators, like a two hundred dollar vibrator, no. Like it's mine. <laughs> yeah, my diamond ring. You yeah, know, like that makes sense. Yeah. I've learned a whole new, a whole new world. We don't have the rights to that. Um, Damn it. <laughs> so I also want to ask a question about like this weird kind of false narrative that I think a lot of men, I've heard them talk about it on TikToks. We look at a lot of these love gurus and these men matter movement, things like that. And that's this kind of weird false narrative that men can just get off for free whenever they want. Like we can go take care of ourselves. We can go rub one out, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you guys can too. But the conversation is that there's a whole industry of devices that are built mostly for you. Mm-hmm. Now I can come out and say that a lot of that rhetoric has changed in the last few years as people are getting more excited about toys. People are getting more experimental with their sexuality people identify differently than they used to. And it's no longer this 
all of these dildos, vibrators, clit rings, things like that are just for women. That used to be, I think, the thought on that idea. But now it seems that everyone can participate. Everyone can play. Mm-hmm. One thing that I always thought, and I'm guilty of this, is that everything that was a device was built for female pleasure. I never really even considered looking into what devices are available for men because, like I said, I'll just go rub one out in the bathroom. That's always just been my thing. <laughs> right. But there are devices for men that I didn't even know about, and most of them are just as expensive, if not ridiculously more expensive than the ones for women. So, Diana, did you know about sexual devices for men until we started looking into this topic? Um, I knew of one. <laughs> the flashlight? It's called the pocket pussy. Yeah, the pocket yeah. pussy. The pocket is it, pussy. Is it, is it called a flashlight? That's I mean, like I the branded one, different. but there are other off-brands. And essentially, yeah. it's a pocket pussy. It's I was, a- yeah, I was dating somebody. We were together for like six months or something, and I was going through his... I was literally putting his socks away. I know that sounds so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and it was there was one in the drawer. I was like, what in the fuck is this? Well, it was really awkward. Here's something that I'm, I'm a little disappointed, Antonio, that you didn't like take one for the team and buy one and give us a full review. So we need to have a follow-up. If you're going to have this podcast, you need to like walk the walk. So go out and buy one. <laughs> I love this. Okay. Well, I probably will. Okay. But let me tell a story really fast. Okay, I have excited. a horror story. I'm excited. Of We don't want you to show us how it works, Antonio. Don't get excited. I am... He's over here going, his eyes got big and don't need a example of what it does. We just want to hear about it when you're done with it. If I give you an example, I'll make sure that we are all financially compensated for it on OnlyFans. Yes, please. So we are not only teaching people, but we're also recouping some of the expensives because those things aren't cheap. Yeah. If you guys want us to set up a little camera, I mean, a little, little side project. Yeah, we can make a lot of money. So to go to my story about the flashlight and why I have avoided buying one in the past is because a person that I know, maybe a mutual friend, may not be. I'm going to leave it ambiguous. Mm, Guessing already. One time they bought one for themselves and I don't know if it was, you know, not properly cleaning it or maintaining it or lubing it. Oh, But in one day it got used so much that upon, let's say, exiting the device... It caught onto some skin and literally pulled it off like a latex glove. No. Leaving this person sexually incapable for several weeks, maybe a month, while they recovered from it. I don't think that's like the norm. It's not not the norm, norm, but a story like that told by someone who's very close to you is enough to make you go, oh yeah, I'm not going to fuck with that. My fist is fine. Oh my (laughs) God. That is horrible. That is horrible. Traumatizing. Very traumatizing. So there is a little bit of shock to that why I don't do it. It's like, ooh, I, I... yeah, yeah, I mean, you know yeah. me, I keep my house clean and my kitchen clean. I would definitely keep my pocket pussy clean. Yeah. But you never know, you That's know. horrible. So I have heard, and you know, I don't know, but I have heard that using a pocket pussy is better than using your hand because it protects like the nerve endings and, and keeps things a little more sensitive. So, uh, you know, it might be a, a good transition for you. Uh, just use responsibly. Use responsibly, follow oh the instructions. God. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. yeah. So... They technically call that a male vaginal simulator. Average cost is between sixty and a hundred dollars. Not too bad, especially if, like Stephanie says, I'm protecting my nerve endings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's get clinical. 
I love it. Let's make it so it works forever. How about this? Have you guys ever heard of the Hummer? Yeah. So the Hummer is a rotating bead oral simulator for men that is essentially a pocket pussy that has a whole row of these rotating and cycling beads that kind of simulates oral sex. I don't know. I haven't tried it. Oh, my God. Why didn't you buy these before? Because it's $400. (laughs) We need a business credit card. We do. Right. We need need an expense account. (laughs) Can all the listeners start donating to our sex toy? Like, research fund. setting up a GoFundMe today. The STRF, the Sex Toy Research Fund, hosted by the MILF and Me podcast. Oh, my gosh. I love it. But this is the one that really blew my mind. For men. And I I knew about this because when I was a kid, I used to stay up late and watch this show on HBO called Real Sex. Mm-hmm. And so this was like the mid-90s when they were talking about the real dolls. Real dolls are these life-size, lifelike, rubber and latex dolls that are anatomically correct and even customizable. You can make it look like your girlfriend, your wife, your boss, whatever you want. You send them a picture, they'll your make boss. it. boss. <laughs> Jesus. And those run between $1,500 or $10,000 on average. And they're customizable now that you can actually have robotics put into the face so they can make expressions. And you can even add artificial intelligence like Mm. a fucking Furby. You can teach it to say things. You can teach it to know your name and call you daddy. And people are buying these. It is a huge industry. Steph, did you know that? So I did. God, I'm such a, like a naughty little thing i i I know i love it i love it because i don't know any of this stuff that's why you're here today you know we are fucking vanilla we are fucking vanilla as shit right now i've never like physically seen one of course i've heard podcasts like you know deep dive into him here's here's my thing and this goes into this bleeds into every other like it's one thing to have you know a, a masturbatory or you know lovely relationship where you use things that um for instance amplify your sex life right mm-hmm. But for me, and, you know, again, I'm really not that scientific. It's all about the connection. I care about the connection first, right? Eye contact, all that. It just, so the idea of being that separated from a sexual partner, uh, quote unquote, is so, I mean, I'm not kink shaming. If that's like your, whoop, I just touched the thing. Um, I'm not kink shaming. If that's your thing, 100%, but like, God damn, that would be so hard for me. Like the, yeah. like the disconnect, it would be so hard for me. Yeah. I knew that they're big. That. Yeah. I know that they're big in, in Japan for like yeah. businessmen that work like 80 hour weeks. And a lot of them have homes outside the city and they spend their week in the city and they have like these little sleeping cubicles and they have a sex doll. Like they go home and fuck the sex doll. I, I, I can get where that could be a thing. Mm. Maybe I'm not a sexually driven enough person to like find satisfaction in something artificial. That's just me. Again, whoever you are, you do you. There's obviously people out there that are buying these things and using them because it is a growth industry and they are doing more technologically. That's wild. To make them more relatable to humans. I mean, isn't that just such a slippery, slippery slope? Well, it is in, I think, both just like the evolution of human sexuality, but also we shut down the space program, but we're still putting money into sex toys. Like, I think that's a real interesting dynamic there. Yeah, it totally is. (laughs) And I mean, you know, full transparency, the whole AI thing just freaks me out yeah it does me too i mean there's a huge disconnect there already we have that with phones and texting and social medias and all that stuff and sex is like 
such, I mean, and frankly, you can have a beautifully intimate experience all by yourself in your own head. And, you know, and maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe it's just like a means to end. But at that point, wouldn't you just use a pocket pussy? Like, yeah. You know, why spend $10,000 on something that, I don't know. I mean, well, and maybe it's like a power move. It's like, you know, you don't need a Rolex. You don't need a Maserati. Right. You don't need a $10,000 sex doll, but it looks good when someone walks in. It's like, oh, dude. Mm, does it? Did you, go, did you go to Kyle's house? He's got the new $10,000 sex doll. Yeah. Yeah. You know? What would you do? Would that turn you off if you went into a dude's house? One million. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you open the closet Me to too. get like a paper towel. And it falls out. <laughs> it falls out. I'd be like, yeah. The head hits the floor. It's like, <laughs> I don't even yeah. care. And like, again, if anyone's listening to this and they're like, I have it, I love it. Like, you do you. Like, yeah, 100%. You you. I'm not going to yeah i'm not gonna like shame that i personally need you to like adore me more than you adore an inanimate object yeah well we're all about boundaries on this show and that's a perfect boundary it's like you know i should be enough don't have a sex doll made with my face and voice because then that is a disconnect yeah well and here's the thing like here's a here's a uh sorry to derail things a little bit but you can, um, you know, app control uh, your some of your sex sex toys. So if you are out of town and you do want to connect with your, you know, that's when technology is beautiful, right? I've thought about, you know, I love live music, and I I just thought like, wouldn't that be so fun if you're just you've got a little like underwear vibrator just sitting there on your clit, and out of nowhere you're just like zoop, like okie dokie. We're going for it because your partner got to press the button and got to like, it's, it's kind of an exhibitionist thing and it's kind of fun, but that is more connecting than I'm going to pretend that this ball, you know, this dolls you like, it's, I I agree with you hundred percent, but I also can, I'm a guy and I know a bunch of us guys, some of us are dirtbags. I could see some of us like playing call of duty and occasionally (laughs) just like increasing the volume and the intensity of your vibrator. This whole time you're thinking we're having a connection experience. Meanwhile, I'm just like, he's left, go left, shoot, a team go. While I'm like uh, intentionally playing with this thing on you. You just ruined the fantasy for me. (laughs) Well, your dude doesn't play call of duty. So I think you're fine. I know, right? <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some of these devices for women now. So the average sex toy, the one that is the most, I'm not going to say generic, but the most used and known about and acceptable is the vibrator. Mm-hmm. Average price $75, higher end $200. I'm sure they go higher than that. You said $200, so I know we're in the right ballpark before I even said that. Now, you will have to explain this one to me. The G-Spot Double Function Device. $150 to $300. Is that like the vibrator that has... Like the rabbit? Yeah, so it's got like essentially mm-hmm. the phallic part to it and then like a clitoral stimulator. So it looks like a little horn yep. sticking out of it. Yep. Yeah, and you know, I have had one... one with the beads? No. With it too? I mean, you can. Like it's an option that like spins yeah. around and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, full transparency, I have never really been partial to those because I really enjoy the actual real life penis why I use like, a, mm-hmm. you know, or like vice versa. I'm I the like, exact same. Like yeah. I, I don't necessarily. However, I did. I, I was going to look it up before this episode. I will figure out what it is and maybe we can put it on the show notes. I did. And it was $200. Um, I was told about this device by someone who had gotten the O shot. You guys know what the O shot no. is? No. What? Really? What the fuck is that? The OSHA is a like an actual uh, injection of platelets into like y- you know your vaginal area. 
that um, as we age, right, you lose the the blood circulation down there and it makes you more sensitive. Holy shit. It's thousands of dollars, but it works. It really? Totally, oh, yeah. It totally works. And so. Did you get it done? No, but I want to. Really? Are you kidding me? Yeah. So. Um, like just put a needle up my vagina and no, inject I, some shit in there and we're good. I wish that I knew more about it where I could see where they actually like injected it and right. stuff. I have a friend that's a midwife that's going to um, get certified in it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. So, uh, <laughs> let you know. <laughs> but, Stay tuned. <laughs> but, you know, very common in like, you know, the med spa industry, uh-huh. plastic surgery, like you can get this, this shot and it really does help builds sensitivity back. But anyways, my friend had gotten this done and I said, you know, I, it's just after having babies for me, the biggest issue is, you know, the leaking, like, you know, and she goes, oh my gosh, there's a device. So it goes, it's like a rabbit. It goes up and it sends these little pulses and literally does kegels for you. And then you can buy one that's just that, where it's very like, we're clinically going to do my kegels today. Or you can turn <laughs> on the vibrator and you can have pleasure while you're doing it. And you can feel it kind of like contracting your cervix, but you also are getting off with a vibrator at the same time. It's kind of fun. That is so, so intriguing. We've got like the Neil deGrasse Tyson of sex toys on the episode right now. And I think it's so I know. I'm super fascinated by this. I mean, you know, ED, you hear those ED commercials, mm-hmm. erectile yeah. dysfunction. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, right? Same thing. I mean, guys have to get those injections and they talk about it all the time. They need to talk about this more. I mean, that's crazy. I had no idea that even existed. What is it called? An O-shot? So the O-shot, sorry, I derailed. You're good. My friend had the O-shot. She was telling me about when I said, well, I really need help with this. Yeah. She was like, you need this device. Yeah. Google, like, Kegel making and it's very clinical like yeah the, the website is very clinical um you know full disclosure I don't I really don't care if people hear this you know when I was in a long-term monogamous relationship having a uh, vaginal orgasm was really just not in the cards at the end of our relationship I got this device I started using it and um totally in in part of the package now Fascinating. So it's called a. So you cable. can have so you can have an orgasm without playing with yourself. Like I can just I, with sex. I'm saying yeah, like a sex orgasm. I can't this. So I this know. is interesting. So the Kegel exercise device helps to strengthen and control for pelvic floor muscles, which can improve urinary and fecal incontinence, joint pain, backaches, and childbirth recovery, and may even increase sexual pleasure with even more intense orgasms by strengthening the vaginal walls. So by strengthening the vaginal walls, this thing can actually have a lot more stimulation control over a penis, I assume, mm-hmm. giving you more pleasure and increasing your chance of having a vaginal orgasm. Why? Is that it on the screen? Can you see it? That's yeah. it. And again, there's a bunch of different there's a bunch of different versions. But yeah, the, a doctor told her the O-shot doctor, whoever he is, told her to go and buy this device. Wow, amazing! You're, 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 are you adding it to your wish list right now? Go back to the photo so I can take a picture yeah. of the screen and I'll post it when we post the. I'll leave it up there when we post the um, release to this episode. I will also include that because that is super intriguing to me. I had no idea that even uh, existed and. I didn't know there was a solution right. to the problem. The problem. So, so here's something, and like this is really important to me as a human being. When I got out of my monogamous relationship, I was like, I feel like I'm bad at sex. 
I feel like I, I just, it doesn't work for me because similarly I could never. Mm -hmm. And so I deep dove into all the things, like nothing was off the table. Like I was just going to try it all. Um, And so when I bought that, um, I didn't really put it together and (laughs) full disclosure. Hi, Milf and me listeners. um, I am now a squirter and that happened after I started using that device as well. That's interesting. So, um, I mean, not not like everyone's like, don't run out and like think that that's going to be like right. a magic ticket. Results may vary. May, yeah, <laughs> may vary. But what I'm saying is, is it, like I give you permission to go out and spend good money on yourself to figure out what makes you tick. Yeah. So from the guy's point of view here, I, I love that we're having someone who... And I've always loved you for this. You are so about the human connection and taking the whole idea of like male responsibility and female responsibility out of these equations and turn it to like the more emotional and physiological stuff. Because I think a lot of people don't realize that as a man, you know, it's really hard for a lot of men to always feel like a woman's sexual satisfaction is all based on us. So, so many times we're like, oh, so-and-so just sucks in bed. And I've had partners who thought that I was amazing. And I've had partners that are like, you know what? Don't call me. Like, it really (laughs) is. But I'm not saying that this is the end-all fix-all for for men who feel sexually incompetent. Yeah. But I think it does prove that there are other things going on. If you are in a good relationship that communicates with a woman that she's willing to say, hey, maybe there's something that I can do and something that you can do. And if we work on it together, we can get there. Of course. Yeah. But, it's not all your responsibility to but give you a woman you and I have talked orgasm. so much. Yeah. You and I have talked so much on this podcast about disposable relationships yeah. and disposable sexual encounters that I don't think enough people are giving people the time or the credit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, to totally. work on it. Well, here's here's the thing too. Um, you know, and they they really dive into this. Have you guys dived into the Gwyneth Paltrow uh documentary series that on oh, what is it called? Um the one where she was like exploring yourself or whatever. Yeah, it was. like yeah. like it's all about it's oh goop. Love and goop. That's uh-huh. what it is. I watched the vagina episode. The vagina oh, good for you. <laughs> he jumped right Round to of it. applause. It so, was like episode four. I'm like, oh I'll watch that one. <laughs> just like, you know, the love languages, you know, whatever. We all have sexual languages. Some people lean kinky, some people really need their senses, you know, uh, uh, stimulated. Some people it's very energetic. And sometimes you don't speak the same language, and that's yep. okay. It's okay to take a step back and go, you know, that's not really my thing, but I understand that it's your thing and this is my thing. So I'm willing to do this for you. If you're willing to do this for me, essentially it goes back to the quote, and this is just my mantra in all relationships. I'll take care of me for you. If you take care of you for me, and, and that means go out, figure out what gets you off, figure out where that line is. Right. Anyways. No, I like it. Derailed. Sorry. Let's no, go. You're great. No, Sorry. you're great. It's like. I want to cover one last device that I've honestly never spoken to anyone that's ever experienced it, bought it, used it, whatever. I've only seen it in videos. It's the most expensive female pleasure device, and that is the Sibian. Sibium. Do you know what that is, Diana? I do not. Never heard of it Stephanie, in my life. How about you explain it to her? So the Sibian, I didn't know what the Sibian was until Steve told me. So, I mean, you know, you guys, two peas in a pod, but. <laughs> Um, it's basically, it's basically like, like you sit on it like a horse. Like it is like a full on piece of furniture that vibrates and it is. It has uh, a dick on it. Um, I think some of them. It's got like a nub. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's like a full, like 
extension. For the, the man or the woman? Like, the woman. <laughs> I mean, you, what is you, happening? you could use it if you wanted to if you were a man, but I'm I, like, are dudes using this? But like, essentially, I mean, essentially, I think it comes down to like, it, it, you use it as a piece of furniture, right? So, I see. So, like, if I were to straddle it and somebody was doing me doggy and it, it, the whole thing is, it's very, Oh, I see. I see. It's very, yeah, pull up a picture. It's up. Oh, okay, okay, okay. See, like, and it's cool because, like, it looks like most of them come with, like, a base model, and then you can buy your uh, attachments and extensions to customize it to the preferred experience, but it essentially is a mechanical bowl that you ride. What is the name of it again? A Sibian. S-Y-B-I-A-N. Average price, $2,000. So, Are you serious? Who was it that, on Howard Stern, used it, like, live on Howard Stern? Oh, I think it was Tila Tequila. Or was it Carmen Electra? It might have been Carmen, Carmen Electra. Electra. It was one oh, of those no people. Shit. Yeah. One of those really hot, beautiful people. But anyway, so like, and I was like, God damn, like sign me up. So another thing <laughs> that is amazing. Is this something you just like keep in your living room, like on the guest chair? Like you're. Is, this is interesting. <laughs> what is, there's, there's like a table that's like, it's not a table. It looks like a chase lounge. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, that, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Anyways, I can't remember what F. Do you have a sex room? No. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Okay, so no. Uh, if I, I'm just envisioning a treasure chest, a chase lounge. No, but this chase lounge is specifically for sex. It, it, it is, you know, instead of a wedge pillow, you use this. Oh, because it like hits yeah. certain areas. Yeah. That, and yep. you use it like as a couple. Again, like my lovely boyfriend told me all about all this stuff. <laughs> the other day i'm not joking you guys on facebook classified somebody posted their used one and they're really expensive and it was like 200 dollars. we don't need it anymore it takes up too much room and i was like god damn it that's where i'm like i don't think i want to buy that used but oh i see yeah because it positions the body in certain in certain areas so that you it like hits your g-spot totally, and you should have seen the comments people were just like where are you located? Because it really is like a life changing sex. Anyways, so. so that's what that is. I've actually seen that in people's homes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not something for your back. It's not like a chiropractic chair. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. They must have a bad back. <laughs> but before we move on to the next subject, when we bought this house, right in my daughter's nursery, mm. there are two very strong and industrial brackets hanging from the roof that I tried to take down and couldn't because they were wedged in there so well, like industrially drilled in there. Our real estate agent walked in and looked up and she's like, oh, those are sex swing brackets. The, the people that sold you this house had a sex swing in this room, which I don't care. I'm fine with that. The funny thing is, is A, they couldn't get it out because they put it in so well, so they left it there. And B, there are sex swing brackets in my daughter's nursery. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you put a swing, like a little swing? No, it's there? under her crib. But like, I, I was thinking, hey, eventually when she has like her yeah. own little princess bed, yeah. we can hang like a canopy, canopy. off it or something. Like, I was just going to say <laughs> that. This is totally why you bought this house. Now I know. Now you know. Okay, Stephanie, so each week we pick a love guru, we play them, and we 
deconstruct their message, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Sometimes I'll pick a real saucy one just for us to talk shit about it. Mm-hmm. But there are some that are actually some good advice. So we we will praise people and recognize them. We don't do names. We don't do where we found them. We just kind of put their message out there so we can, like I said, deconstruct them. So here's the one the for this week. The reason why men date younger women is not because of their physical appearance, their bodies. No, because today with plastic surgery and everything else, you barely know who is 40 and who is 18. Guys <laughs> date younger women because they're easily manipulated. They're going to be very happy with a few crumbs because maybe they didn't experience much in the world. They're going to be just easily impressed. And it's way cheaper to date a younger girl. Why is it cheaper? They don't expect as much? That's why I'm asking y'all, what do you guys think about this whole men dating younger women thing? And before we even get into that, Diane and I have really dug deep into a lot of this red pill mentality that's out there with this Men Matter movement. And one of the messages that they put out the most is that stay away from what they call expired women or boss babes, women over 35 who are Mm. too stuck in their ways to be submissive and too stuck in their ways to be a good partner you want someone who's young that you can mold into the woman that you want them to be. And I think yeah, she's saying that, but I'm also saying... She's saying it in a roundabout way. She's sure. saying it in a roundabout way. I'm not saying that she supports it. She is just saying, hey, this is what I think men are looking for. What do you think about that? Ooh, that, I think that, that video's had 80,000 views. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I think that, to be completely honest, I think it's a mixed bag, and I think it's terrible to put it in one category. I I think that is there douchebag dudes out there that, you know, want a moldable woman? 100%. I was in a relationship with one of those, and um, he ended up with somebody 15 years younger than him because I was five years younger than him, and it just ended up being whatever. Um like there is a version of that. There's also people that are just connect. And, and I don't, I don't think it's fair to say one way or another. Also, uh, you know, Dan, you probably ran into this in the dating sites. Do you have young men go for you all the fucking time? Um, yes, actually yeah. this past week, I have a 26 year old coming at me pretty strong right now. And he is from England. I've had more. And he has that accent and it's, yeah. <laughs> I've, had, I've had more younger yeah. men come after me than men my age. Yes. To be completely honest. And I tell you why. That is, that is very true. Because I'm good in bed? Yes, well, you are amazing. How the fuck do they know? They don't know. You're sexy as fuck, first of all. They don't know if you're good in bed or not. They're just going, damn, she is, she's a 10. She's hot as fuck. She's a hot milf. You're so sweet. Honestly. I'm being serious. Thank you. Da- I mean, ditto. <laughs> Thank you. We just became best friends. <laughs> Antonio. So. Hey, I'm just here behind the board, man. I just run the mic and the tech shit. You guys do whatever you want. I'm literally window dressing right now. So, I mean, it's a really, really slippery slope. And I don't, I really don't want to typecast people because I know people that have huge age differences and have beautiful, yep. loving relationships. I, I'm, but those are also the people that aren't watching this kind of shit or making this kind of shit right. either. So that that's where like Diane and I kind of fall in. We would never know this existed had we not started this podcast. Yeah. And her and I finding stuff like this to talk about. Right. Now, from men's point of view, this is my personal theory because I've heard men talk about this. Good men gurus, not these red pill assholes. The reason why a lot of younger men are going after older women is because the younger women that should be dating these younger men are dating older men with money. That's what she's talking about. 
So these older men, perfect example, Leonardo DiCaprio won't date anyone over the age of 25. No, that's he yeah. finds them when they're 20. And he releases them when they're 25 out into the world to now have the taste of life. I've been on his yacht. I've been in his house. I've met his rich friends. He's releasing me into the wild. And now I can find a rich guy that I can put my hooks into because I know. I'm not saying that's all of them. But why would they go into that world if they didn't want that life? That's, that's my personal opinion. I could be totally wrong. But when you talk to a lot of these really good male gurus, they're like, guys, you know what? Right now, this generation of girls, they don't want you because the older men are going after them because they don't want to date a boss, babe. Maybe yeah. they were married to one and they've got kids with one and now they want someone who will take care of them and meet their needs and in exchange, they will show them a good life. Yeah. Diane and I have talked about the Ouroboros several times on this, the representation of a snake eating its own tail. It's mm -hmm. cyclical. Things don't get fixed. Yes. We've created this. Mm -hmm. Like I feel us men have created this. I, I don't think it's women's fault at all. Because you, for the most part, you're going to go with what you want. You have a lot more options than we do. I'm not saying that in this misogynistic way. Diana could go out and get laid tonight. I can't. If I was single, I couldn't. But she could find someone right away. Mm, tonight? Yeah. Like in 10 minutes. What the fuck? Okay. okay. I'm sorry that I, <laughs> I I'm like, sorry that I didn't give you enough appreciation. I'm like, Jesus. There's probably three dudes outside right now that are just <laughs> waiting for you to exit this house. Hold my beer. Hold, yeah. <laughs> Hold my tea. So, so that's why I'm talking about this snake. Hold my Earl Grey. <laughs> Hold my Earl Grey tea. I got to go outside. <laughs> I think dudes have wallowed in our own self-pity and like putting blame on women for being, you know, these hoes ain't loyal and shit like that. Instead of putting accountability for ourselves that we created our own mess. Do we have rights point. to that song? I didn't sing it so I can say it. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I, I will say this and, you know, I realize that I'm dating somebody that's totally different. Um, age has never been an issue for him, right? right? He, when he was 20, he would date 45 year olds and it, you know, and yes, yeah, yeah Antonio's Antonio, done that. Right. And vice versa. And I think there really are people like that that are like, no, I, I just want to energetically like have a soul connection. Yeah. With soul you. connection is me less. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I want to believe that there's a lot more of those than the, you know, the people that just want the so, daddies. So what about you with younger men? How, like, for me, it doesn't work because it makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. I feel sexy. Sure. You know, it's like a sexy thing. Um, but it doesn't work for me in a sense that I feel too much like a mom. A mommy? Like a oh. mommy. And one million percent. It doesn't work. I have three children. Mm -hmm. I have an 18 year old son yeah. and I am the mom and I am attracted to older men. Right. Um, I wish that I could find an older man with a lot of money, a sugar daddy, if you will, but it doesn't exist because I go for the connection. Mm -hmm. Like we could live in a tent under a fucking bridge um, yeah. for all I care, Start just as long as there's that connection, right? So I call this the summer of Stephanie when I when I divorced and was like, I'm going to because I met my ex when I was 17. So mm -hmm. I never had that experience. And so I was like, I'm going to do all the things. And I had this like list and it like seems so arbitrary now, but <laughs> I had this <laughs> list of like, OK, has to have money, has to have a good job, has to have a house, has to have, like all of these different things. And it all went out the window when I fell in love with the person that I'm with right now. Not yeah. to say, I mean, he's wonderful and lovely and driven, yeah. but like, you know, we both are divorced and we're both starting over. And um, yeah, that yep. completely went out the window. But again, he could be 
30 years old, right? Mm -hmm. And going through what he's going through, or he could be 50 years old. I'm attracted to him. I love that so much. Yeah. But if he was 20 years younger than you, you wouldn't even explore the opportunity, right? No. Um, I mean, on my dating apps, I think I, I always set like a limit because here's the thing. Yeah. Same thing. I have a 17 year old daughter. Exactly. Who's beautiful beyond words like mm. that makes me a little bit uneasy when it's like yeah I could be going for mom or it could be going for the daughter you know <laughs> yeah like, exactly um not to say that you know older men don't aren't gross like that but you know like I don't know it, it just it, it was something that I couldn't psychologically totally like pull my head around so mm. no I mean I get it I mean my son is gay mm-hmm. 18 if I'm <laughs> if I'm bringing a 26 year old home he's gonna be like Mom, he's hot. God damn. <laughs> right. and, you know? So one thing that is really weird, and this is happening to me constantly, and I'm sure your son's right, like, all of Lily's boyfriends have had crushes on me across the board. Oh, yeah. And they all talk about it, and they and it actually has caused, like, some... That literally is, you are owning up to that name, MILF. That is where it's at. <laughs> Thank you. How can the MILF worthy not be the super Kegel exerciser control device? Yep, it is. That's exactly what it is. I knew coming into this room today that was the MILF worthy object. I mean, like, as soon as she said it, it's like, okay, well, we know what the MILF worthy is this week. We learned something yeah. new. I will be putting a picture of this on the socials. And we have, like, a satisfied customer. So we, we do. We, we know do. That there's something with some credibility behind it. And, and essentially, like, you know, again, I, I also took this on because. I didn't like, you know, going on a jog leaking, you know, so there's yeah. other practical reasons. Yeah. So you can like jump on the trampoline with your kids now. I mean, I wouldn't go that way. Because <laughs> <laughs> my kids just make fun of me. <laughs> What a great time. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us on the show and enlightening us and all these things that you know yes. and bringing some exciting topics. We're definitely going to have you on again for sure. Yeah, I love you. I love you. I love you. you. Yeah. I love you. I love sex. And I love love. There we go. There you go. Everyone, we're going to have Stephanie on next week, too, to do a game of Love Guru Roulette. So make sure you tune in. Yeah. And we will see you next week on the Milf and Me podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.